You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. And welcome, everyone, to the Sonic Society, the world's showcase of modern audio drama. I'm doing something I rarely do, but it's critical to all time in audio drama space. And what's more, I can't tell... David Alt! Hey, welcome aboard! Jack, uh, as soon as I got on the tortoise, the engine started up. Are we going back to the past? But, uh, how do you know that? Well, the old girl and I have a special connection. Where are you... Uh, uh, please, I don't get the opportunity to pilot her very often, and I... I have something very important to do. Or, or, or rather, be. You're being more cagey than usual. Well, since you took the tortoise for a bit of a jaunt between episodes for a three-week vacation yourself, I was reminded of something myself. Well, it is that time of year, as we're reminded of many things. Christmas, including the Miracle on 34th Street classic. Well, this week we have an extended episode as Madison Saves Christmas. Or at least I hope she will. Amazing. It's amazing that you just know these things, and we'll be there right away. But I have to tell you that with the closing of the property, the Great Flood, the deer accident, and and, and everything going on, I missed a really important thing. You did? What's that? Your birthday, David! I had it on my calendar, but as usual, I had no time to open it. You always remember mine, and I am a terrible friend to not reciprocate. So we're, we're back on November 19th episode to celebrate. Happy birthday, right here. A little late. But on the Sonic Society. You even bought cake. of the Lux Radio Theater's adaptation of the 1947 holiday classic Miracle on 34th Street. So for all of you out there who don't believe in Santa Claus, you probably still won't by the end of this, but stop being such a Scrooge. This is a cute story, and the dude who played Santa got an Oscar, so just take another swig of eggnog and enjoy our presentation of Miracle on 34th Street. It's Thanksgiving Day in New York City. On a broad avenue adjoining Central Park, an annual event is being joyfully awaited. The spectacular parade presented by Macy's Department Store to herald in the Christmas season. Away from the crowd are two of Macy's public relations experts. Well, one is an expert. The other, 
is Madison Standish. He's simply wonderful, Miss Standish. Yeah, thanks there, Mr. Uh, Sledgehammer. Shell Hammer. Why don't I call your name? Look, it's before six in the morning. Could you just dial it down a smidge? Look at him on that float, the most realistic Santa Claus we've ever had. Why, he didn't even need any padding, did he? Fat-shaming Santa is going to put you on his naughty list. Where on earth did you find this St. Nick? I didn't find this guy. My Santa was a drunk I found in the bar I woke up in this morning. You woke up in a bar this morning? With how early we had to be here to set up for this stupid parade, I didn't have time to go home. Okay? So where did this new Santa come from? The North Pole, I don't know. Get off my back. My, my. Mornings certainly don't appear to be your strong suit. Worst of it is, that other Santa drank the last of my flask because he said he needed something to get him through the day. So now I'm empty. <gasps> Just think if Mr. Macy had seen him. Or seen you, for that matter. Come on. Everybody in the past drank on the job. Until, like, the Reagan administration. But what if Mr. Gimble had seen him? Competition between our stores is tough enough. You don't need to worry. Because Gimble's also goes out with the Reagan administration. Starting. Mm, you know what isn't a cure for a hangover? What? Marching bands. We can't see from here. Let's stand at the curb. Uh, no thanks. I had a bad parade experience. Martians vaporizing people. Oh my. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Besides, I picked up a babysitting gig. The apartment is right around the corner, so I can watch the parade from a safe distance. Or pass that on their couch, one of the two. Well, in any case, congratulations on finding the best Santa Claus in Macy's history. Yep, biggest accomplishment of my life. Right up there with organizing my bras by color. Later. Oh, it's Thanksgiving, New York! Don't you think some people in this city might want to sleep in on their day off? Jeez! <laughs> certainly is a wonderful parade, Susan. Just look at that clown. Gosh, what a giant. Giant, Mr. Gailey? There are no such things as giants. Well, not now, maybe. But in olden days, there were... Really, Mr. Gailey? And you a lawyer? Well, what about the giant that Jack killed? You know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Everybody knows that's a fairy tale. And I agree with my mother. Fairy tales are silly. Hey, dude, Fred... Thanks for watching, um... Susan. Sorry, must have killed off that brain cell last night with the vodka. I know you mean that in jest, mostly, but I doubt my mother would find it humorous to know my babysitter is a lush. Kids say the darndest things right before they're grounded. Hey, hey, look out the window. Oh my, isn't that Santa Claus? So? Jolly old Saint Nick? Hey, Susan, your mom got any cereal in the house? I haven't had breakfast. Above the icebox. I, um, I see Susan doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Don't think so. Susan? Please, Mr. Gailey, don't insult my intelligence. So, Madison, are you cooking Thanksgiving dinner today since Susan's mother is away? Damn it! The fact that she just ruined cereal hopefully answers your question. Well, now, that was just an accident. No, she's right. I never had that cooking with mom in the kitchen thing growing up. But I did get my gossiping skills from her. Oh, 
the hours we spent together trashing people. Golden moments. So neither of you are having Thanksgiving dinner? No. You were going to ask to join us, weren't you? Uh, well... Oh, he hinted at it all morning. Tell you what, you clean up this spill, and I'll go down to the deli and pick up some turkey sandwiches. No, 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 I wouldn't want to put you out. Uh, Well, Susie, it was nice watching the parade with you. Goodbye, Mr. Gailey. Happy, uh, Thanksgiving. You say he's dating your mom? She thinks he's clever and handsome. Talk about fairy tales. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be too quick to put him in the father column. She's probably just using him for a little something-something. Something-something? Uh, when single mommies need satisfaction, that doesn't come with batteries. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Good morning, Lane. Santa Claus. With Mitz and a Blitzen and Judy Jetson pulling on the Miss rain. Standish. Hey, Shellhammer, look who I found in ladies' lingerie. Oh, oh my, that sounds a bit more unsavory than it is. You see, Mr. Shellhammer, I had lost my way. I've never been in such a large store as Macy's before. And, well, I was requesting assistance from the shop girl in that department. Did you get her digits? No need to explain, Santa Claus. We here at Macy's are very pleased you've agreed to be our toy department Santa. Why, Mr. Macy couldn't stop talking about your appearance in the parade. Ah, well, thank you very much. Mr. Macy was really that jazzed over this guy? If you'd bothered to show up for the morning meeting. I don't know. I guess I'm spoiled. I've got Kurt Russell as Santa. Next to a hunky fireman and nothing but a Santa hat and red suspenders, Kurt Russell is the hottest Santa ever. Now, Santa, before you go to the toy department, here's a list of toys that we have to push. Oh? You know, things we're overstocked on. Let me see that. You'll find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. Jeez, these 1940s toys are super gender-specific. And when that happens, you immediately suggest one of these items. Do you understand? I certainly do. Does he have to suggest toys down gender lines? Girls get dolls and boys get weapons? Weapons? Seriously, this list looks like a plea for supplies by the Allies. Boys love guns, so be sure to push them. Now, Miss Standish here will show you to your throne in the toy department. And don't you forget, you're working for Maisie's. He's like if Figgy Pudding were a person. Come on, follow me. So, uh, Miss Standish, when you said those Santas were wearing nothing but suspenders, did you mean... Oh, yeah. And their stockings were hung. Are you really Santa Claus? You've got one shot to talk to Santa, and you're going to spend it grilling him? It's all right, Miss Standish. I'm always happy to speak with inquisitive children. Well, we got a line reaching back to housewares, so you might want to step it up. So, Mortimer, what do you want for Christmas? I want a fire engine with a real hose that squirts real water, and I won't do it in the house. I'll only do it in the backyard. I promise. And I promise you'll get your fire engine. Fabulous. Next! You see, Mama? I told you he'd get me one. Oh, that's fine. That's just dandy. You wait here, Mortimer. Mama wants to thank Santa Claus, too. 
So, Miss Standish, how is our brand new Santa working out? He's doing great, but he also hasn't had any lap wetters. Well, that would certainly, uh, dampen the mood. <laughs> My sister peed on the Easter Bunny. No, wait, that was me. And it wasn't the Easter Bunny. It was the back of that Uber when I was coming home from her high school graduation. Yeah, that's why she was crying. I was drunk at her graduation. Excuse me, Santa? Yes, madam? Say, what's the matter with you? Oh, dear. An unhappy customer. I got this. Ma'am, all complaints can be directed to our customer service department. They are trained to take abuse from customers with minimal crying. Now, 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 what's the trouble? The kid wants a fire engine, but there ain't one to be had anywhere in town. Macy's ain't got any, nobody's got any. My feet are killing me, and you say, okay, he gets the fire engine? The list. Offer her something from the list. Uh, uh, ma'am, instead, maybe your son would like a semi-automatic weapon? It's 1947, and he's, what, six? Looking at the time frame, he'll probably get drafted into Vietnam, so the toy would provide a valuable skill. Madam, you can get those fire engines at Gimbal's. Gimbal's? Macy's is sending people to other stores. Are you kidding? <laughs> the one important thing is to make the children happy. Whether Macy's or somebody else sells the toy doesn't matter. Don't you feel that way, Miss Standish? I'm not really a bring-joy-to-children type. More of a tolerate-them-so-I-don't-end-up-in-prison type. Well, thank you, Santa. I didn't realize Macy's felt this way. It's, uh, <laughs> refreshing. Imagine that. Macy's putting the spirit of Christmas ahead of the commercial. Dude's good. He just talked down to Karen. Kimball's? Did, did he just send her to Kimball's? <gasps> Don't hyperventilate! Watching someone else hyperventilate makes me hyperventilate. <laughs> and here's the toy department, Mr. Gailey. You certainly know all about Macy's store, don't you, Susan? That's because my mother works here. Breathe, breathe, breathe. And where she found this stellar babysitter she hired. Madison, are, are you all right? I'm taking my break. Oh. oh, hey guys. Yep, all's good. What's up? Well, I think it's silly, but Mr. Gailey brought me here to see Santa Claus. I just thought that if you talked to him, you might... Okay, Mr. Gailey. I'm certainly willing to try. I'll go get in line. Seems like you're overstepping some parenting boundaries here, Fred. Babysitters just have to keep the kids alive till the parents come back. They do not want you introducing new ideas to their kids. Trust me. I once showed a kid Spongebob and got a lecture about how the parents had a strong moral objection to anything that anthropomorphized ocean creatures. Oh. Then when the live-action Little Mermaid came out, they wouldn't let their kid watch it for an entirely non-racist, but still utterly stupid reason. What's your name, little boy? Ronnie. Ugh, would you look at this line? It's going to take forever for Susan to see Santa Claus. Well, isn't that a good lesson in patience? Madison? Ma Madison? Coming through. Out of the way. I really wish Susie's mother hadn't asked me to watch out for her while she was gone. Quit crying or Santa will feed you to his reindeer. Never date a woman with a kid. All right, Santa. She's next. Hey, it's my turn to see Santa. Santa? Is he back-talking you? We can put him on the naughty list right now. Uh, Miss Standish. <laughs> Come on, Susan. Hop up into that strange man's lap and tell him personal things about yourself. Miss Standish. 
Hey, it's good practice for when she's dating. So, what is your name, little girl? Susan Walker, what's yours? Mine? Chris Kringle. I'm Santa Claus. Hmm. Oh, you don't believe that, eh? No. no. But I must say, you're the best-looking Santa Claus I've ever seen. Really? Your beard, for instance. It doesn't have one of those hooks that goes over your ears. <laughs> That's because it's real, just like I'm really Santa Claus. Now go ahead, pull it. Ah! I didn't mean you, Miss Standish. I didn't think her grip would be strong enough. <laughs> yes, you've certainly proven my point. Thank you. And now, Susan, what would you like me to bring you for Christmas? Nothing, thank you. Whatever I want, my mother will get. Oh, me too. Don't you love being spoiled? Well, that is, if it's sensible and doesn't cost too much. Screw that. When I was your age, I had my mother scouring the four corners of the earth for every single beanie baby on the market. See, when your mommy spends $500,000 on the ultra-rare Princess Die commemorative Princess the Bear Beanie Baby, that means she really loves you. I'm fine. Thank you, Mr. Kringle. Merry Christmas, Susan. And to you. Well, Mr. Gailey, have I satisfied your need for me to meet Santa Claus? I guess you still don't believe in him, then. He did have real whiskers. Miss Tantish! Miss Tantish! Oh, hello, Susan. Hello, Mr. Shellhammer. Oh, dear. Look at that line Santa has. What? Do we have a complaint from the fire department? Because I'm pretty sure these old-timey department stores are death traps. Oh, no, not that. Oh, dear. Miss Standish, tell Santa we need to see him in my office when he's done. Is there something wrong? Not if you're gimbals. Perhaps I should take Susan home. Don't you work? Well, um... She can hang with me. That cool, Susan? Doesn't matter to me. Okay, later. Right, uh... Later. He really has it bad for your mom, doesn't he? Maybe for Christmas, we should get her one of those battery thingies you mentioned. Well, Macy's is a department store. Let's go see if we can find the erotica section. You wanted to see me, Mr. Shellhammer? Miss Standish? Oh, hello again, Susan. Hello, Mr. Kringle. Oh, yes, Santa. Uh, <clears throat> Chris, uh, come in. What can I do for you? Um, well, uh, uh, you see... First, you could tell Susan there's no such thing as Santa, before a mom finds out and rips me a new one. Oh, but Miss Standish, not only is there such a person, but here I am to prove it. I get it. You're committed to the role. But you're backstage now, and that method stuff... Doesn't make you a better actor, it makes the rest of the cast hate you. Yes, um, uh, we, need, we need you to tell the truth. Now, uh, what is your real name? Chris Kringle. And I always tell the truth. Susan, I'll bet you're in the first grade. Second grade. Dude, no, your real name. Not the one you give the barista at Starbucks so when they call it out you sound cooler than you are. Seriously, people, stop giving the name Batman. Chris Kringle is my real name. My goodness, the second grade. Very well, I have your employment card right here. I'll look it up on that. That's a very cute dress you have on, Susan. It's from Macy's. We get 10% off. Considering the markup, that's not a deal. So, you always tell the truth, do you? Look at your employment card. Name, Chris Kringle. Address, 
Brooks Memorial Home, Great Neck, Long Island. You may call the home if you care to confirm that, Mr. Shellhammer. So, not the North Pole? <laughs> Place of birth, North Pole. Man, I've only ever lied about my date of birth. Why? When's your birthday? About a decade after you'll qualify for AARP. I'm, uh, sorry to have to do this, but the, um, the, the Santa Claus that we had two years ago is back in town, and I feel that we owe it to him to, well, uh... Have I done something wrong? New York is an at-will state, so we can fire you anytime we want and not give a reason. Go capitalism! Oh, excuse me. You're firing Santa Claus? Hello? No, Susan, we're not firing Santa Claus. We're firing a sweet old man who only wants to make children happy. Oh, oh yes, uh, uh, of course, uh, right away. Oh, my word. Dude, you're oh, about to hyperventilate oh, again. Mr. Macy, Mr. Macy, we have to see Mr. Macy. Oh, crap. Uh, Susan, oh, uh, oh, stay. My mother will be pleased to know that you treat me like a dog. I only suggested you sleep in a crate. I hate washing fitted sheets. Come right in, Miss Standish. Mr. Shellhammer. Thank you, uh, Mr. Macy. <sighs> now, about this new policy you two initiated. Oh, good. I'm glad you brought that up. I believe calling the women's sizes Mrs. implies that women must be married to wear them. So my proposal of calling it Ms. Is will appeal to all women regardless of marital status. So you're the one behind the graffiti on our ladies' department signs? That wasn't graffiti. I was fixing them. Regardless, the pressing matter at hand is that the Macy Santa Claus is sending customers to Gimbal's. I, uh, I, I, I can explain everything, Mr. Macy. Okay, he's gonna need to sit, or he's going down like a Christmas tree on January 2nd. My word, Shellhammer. Is this how you take good news? Good news? Just look at my desk. 42 telegrams and over 500 phone calls. Grateful parents expressing undying gratitude to Macy's department store. Damn! Santa just started today. He's already had over 500 kids sitting on his lap? We probably should have given him a lunch break. I've decided that from now on, not only will our Santa Claus continue in this manner, but so will every salesperson in the entire store. You mean that if we haven't got what the customer asks for, we're to, uh... We're to send him where he can get it. No high-pressuring and no forcing a customer to take something he doesn't really want. Aw, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Shellhammer. You spent a lot of time on that toy list. Why, we'll be known as the, as the helpful store. The friendly store. The store that places public service ahead of profits. Yeah, we care about people, not consumerism. And, consequently, we'll make more profits than ever. I stand corrected, you greedy corporate pig. As for you two, you'll both find a more practical expression of my gratitude in your Christmas envelopes. Did I say pig? I meant it, but I appreciate the gesture of a meager share of the profits. Thank you very much, Mr. Macy. And tell that wonderful Santa Claus I won't forget him either. Yes, indeed, Mr. Macy. Good night, sir, and thank you again, sir. Oh, imagine a bonus. 
Dude, we just fired Santa. Oh, dear. You agreed he was crazy. The dude thinks he's really Santa. I dated a guy once who thought he was Justin Bieber. I had to break up with him. I'd never date the real Justin Bieber. Why would I date a fake one? I don't care if he thinks he's the Easter Bunny. We have to find him. Now I remember. I didn't pee on the Easter Bunny. I threw up on him. Peeps and PBR. Whew. Do not recommend. Act 2 of Miracle on 34th Street will continue in a moment. Cinq, quatre, trois, deux, un, top Allumage Vulcain. On the 13th of October, in the year 2025, European Space Agency Mission Control lost contact with the San Lyca spacecraft. All six astronauts were presumed killed. But, outer space is a busy place, and things are not always as they seem. Join European Space Agency Mission Specialist Nancy McGinley as she searches for an answer to the ultimate question. Is there such thing as magic? Or are we simply the heroes in our own stories? Irish Science Fiction presents Nancy Goodame, Space Ranger. And you can find it wherever you can find podcasts. Act 2 of Miracle on 34th Street. It was a frantic few hours that Madison and Mr. Shellhammer spent last night rushing out to the Brooks Memorial Home in Long Island to retrieve Chris Kringle. The franticness of the evening was made worse by Madison insisting on driving. Being from L.A., she wasn't used to driving in snow, nor could she handle a manual transmission. If there are any true miracles in this story, it's that Madison, Mr. Shellhammer, and Chris made it back to Macy's alive. Now Chris is again presiding over the crowded toy department. But Madison and Mr. Shellhammer still have reservations about the jolly old elf. Don't you understand, Miss Standish? That old man insists that he is Santa Claus. Why, he's out of his mind. What if he should have a a, a fit or something? What would Mr. Macy say? You know, your fear of your boss is really unhealthy. I'd recommend either a job change or intensive therapy. Therapy, yes, that's it. We should have Chris see Mr. Sawyer. Who the hell is Mr. Sawyer? In personnel. He's paid to examine employees. What is he, some sort of HR dude? Because HR does not protect employees. They protect the business from their employees. Exactly. Oh, why didn't I think of this sooner? There's no problem that can't be made worse by involving middle management. I changed my clothes, Mr. Sawyer, and came right up. Oh, hello again, Miss Standish. What are you doing here? I'm going to be a neutral third party, so this HR creep doesn't railroad you. That doesn't sound neutral to me. Yeah, well, neither is HR. If I may begin, that's your own beard then, eh? Oh, yes, yes. Hmm, interesting complex in back of that. Complex? What, he has fantasies about being a hipster? Do you secretly wear plaid and drink microbrew? Why do you carry a cane? Using a cane for mobility is a protected class. 
You're not allowed to ask him that. Do you want to throw in some ageism, too? Because he's obviously way over 30. Thank you. Your complex, Miss Standish, is rooted in deep-seated insecurities, clearly manifesting itself with sarcasm. Okay, I'll own that. To answer your question, Mr. Sawyer, I always carry a cane. Well, that, that is, when I wear street clothes. Hmm, I see. All right, who was the first president of the United States? Whoa! What's with the history pop quiz? Stop interrupting while I'm conducting this examination. You're a rather nervous man, aren't you, Mr. Sawyer? What? Tell me, do you get enough sleep? Not by the look of those bags under his eyes. Indeed, indeed. You should hit the cosmetics department so you can cover up those bad boys. My personal habits are no concern of either of yours. Now what hand am I holding up? Right. It's my right hand, Miss Standish. That's the left side. It's reversed because he's facing us. Okay, that was a trick question. Miss Standish, that is enough. Mr. Sawyer, are you happy at home? Uh, what? Um, that'll be all, Mr. Kringle. The examination is over. Thank you. And it may interest you to know I've been happily married for 22 years. Very happily married. You're happily married. Has anyone asked your wife for her opinion? Goodbye, Mr. Sawyer. Mr. Shellhammer's in the hall. Uh, Tell him to come inside. Certainly. I really don't see how anything you just did counts as an evaluation. I've had to answer more thorough background questions signing up for a charge card from Target. Ah, I'm here, I'm here. What's the conclusion? Well, there's hardly any point in discussing it. Obviously, the old man should be discharged. Oh, dear. He's crazy, but it's a sweet kind of crazy. Like a little old lady who knits sweaters for her garden gnomes. His whole manner suggests aggressiveness. Look at the way he carries that cane. Mr. Shellhammer, uh, Miss Standish, naturally, I can't discharge that loony. But when he exhibits his maniacal tendencies, please realize the responsibility is completely yours. Aw, I hate being responsible for people. That's why I hate babysitting. Aren't you babysitting Susan? Oh, right. You can prevent that very simply. There must be someone who could rent him a room and keep an eye on him. I am not babysitting two people. I lucked out that Susan doesn't need diapers, but I have no idea about the old dude. Then I suggest you find someone else to take custody of him. Excuse me, Madison. If you're going to be much longer, Mr. Gailey said he'd take me home. Jeez, that Fred guy will do anything to impress Susan's mother. Anything? Probably. I mean, anything? I said probably. He's in the glow of the dating period, so like all guys, he's hiding his inner douche. Then maybe he'd take in Chris. Is Mr. Kringle coming home with us? Why would he be coming home with us? Because... I'll explain it to her when we get home and she's had her nap. Come along, Madison. I don't want to go home. I want to go for ice cream. It'll spoil your dinner. Susan? Susan, are you still awake? Uh Uh-huh. I'm just coming to say goodnight. I'm very glad you're going to live next door with Mr. Gailey. Oh? I say, what a fine young man that Mr. Gailey is, eh? Just think, allowing me to share his apartment. A mere stranger. 
Madison said he did it so Mother would be more willing to put out. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yes, that's what Madison called her. <clears throat> well, uh, did you do anything interesting in school today? They played zoo. Each child was supposed to be an animal. Ridiculous. Oh, but Susan, they were just pretending with their imaginations. Imagination? That's when you see things, but they're not really there, right? Well, yes. For instance, how would you like to be able to make snowballs in summertime? Or fly south with a flock of geese? Hmm, yes. I'm quite sure I'd like that. Then the next time they play zoo, you can be a monkey. But I don't know how to be a monkey. I'll show you. Now first, you bend over a little like this, see? Now let your arms hang loose. Like this? Yes, that's fine. Now put your hand over here and start scratching. That's it. Now you start chattering. Chattering? Yes, uh, now listen. <laughs> see? Like this? That's fine, Susan. Fine. You're doing beautifully. <laughs> Some of us are passed out on the sofa in here. Oh, dear. She gets like that after she drinks four or five of her special sleep aids. Was she really your mother's best choice for a babysitter? She's not even mother's best choice for taking out the trash. Will your mother be home in time for Christmas? Doubtful. She's helping Grandmother move to a farm upstate. The same farm my dog went to when she got old. Ah, I see. Now, about Christmas, uh, there must be something you'd like for me to bring you for Christmas. Well, I certainly thought about it, Mr. Kringle. I tore this page out of a magazine. It's a picture of a house. Oh, that's what you want, is it? A doll's house. Not a doll's house. A real house. A real house? Yes, and if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me. Now, now, now. Wait a minute, Susie. What could you possibly do with a big house? Live in it with my mother, and a backyard with a big tree to put a swing on, and a garden, and a... <sighs> oh, well. Why even discuss it? Well, Mr. Gailey is waiting for me. We can talk later. Good night, monkey. <laughs> Shut up! You better go, Mr. Kringle. After drinking her sleep aids, if she wakes up, she starts crying about her life. And I just don't have the energy to hear about her ex-boyfriends again. We really need to find you a better babysitter. Stand right there. Smile, gentlemen. Mr. Macy and Mr. Gimble shaking hands. I don't know how you did it, Miss Sandish. I'm an influencer. If I have any skills at all, it's self-promotion. Is it true, Mr. Gimble, that Gimble's department store has adopted the same customer-friendly policy as Macy's? Absolutely. If you can't find what you need at Gimble's with our unbeatable prices, we'll send you to Macy's. Did you catch that self-promo in there? Oh, I love working with professionals. All right, then. That's enough pictures. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Mr. Macy, Mr. Gimble. Don't forget to thank Santa Claus. <laughs> Happy to do it, my friends. Wait, wait, wait. Mr. Macy, don't forget the, uh, grand gesture. Oh, of course. Thank you, Miss Standish. 
What grand gesture? Spread all the goodwill you want, but what really resonates with the public at Christmas time is cold, hard cash. I have something here for Santa Claus. Here you are, Mr. Kringle. A check in appreciation of all that you've done. Mr. Macy, why, that's most kind of you. How about that? Macy's gives Santa a gift for Christmas. And there's your clickbait headline. I didn't think you were that generous, R.H. That's quite a check. That'll buy old reindeer a lot of hay. What are you going to do with it, Mr. Kringle? Well, I have a doctor friend who needs a new x-ray machine. Buy the machine through the store. 10% discount. He really thinks 10% is a good discount. All that really does is take off the sales tax. Go capitalism. Gimbals will beat that price, Santa. We'll furnish it at cost. Oh, keep it up, gentlemen. At this rate, my friend will have a whole new hospital. (laughs) Can I just take a moment to comment on department stores in the 40s selling professional-grade medical equipment? No FDA regulations or oversight here? Just throw it on the visa and anyone can take it home. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. That was for our podcast audience. Audience? Perhaps you need an appointment to see Mr. Sawyer. You talking about Mr. Sawyer? Oh, hey, Alfred. How's the, uh, uh, I forget what you do here. Sweeping. I sweep. I don't mind it. I like being around all the Christmas shoppers. Alfred, how about a game of checkers during lunch, eh? Uh, not today, Chris. I don't feel so good. Oh, man, don't get me sick. Ever since COVID, if I hear one cough, even like a mile away, I'm sure I can feel my lungs filling with fluid. It's not that kind of sick, Miss Standish. But you'd mentioned Mr. Sawyer? Did Mr. Sawyer say something to you? Well, Chris, you remember I was telling you how I like to play Santa Claus over at the Y and give out packages to the kids? Certainly. I was telling Mr. Sawyer about it, and he says that's very bad. That psychologically it's all wrong. Wrong? To be nice to children? Depends on the children. How did you get a job as a babysitter? Mr. Sawyer says guys who play Santa Claus do it because when they was young, they must have done something bad, and now they do something they think is good to make up for it. It's what he calls a guilt complex. I lived in a guilt complex. That's an apartment building with a gym beneath it. It makes you feel guilty that even though it's right there, you still never go to the gym. Excuse me, Alfred, Miss Standish. I have an appointment with Mr. Sawyer. Dude... The last time I saw a Santa Claus that mad was when I kicked one in the Holly Berries. Although he wasn't as mad as when I told Halle Berry she was a lousy Catwoman. What do you mean, breaking into my office like this? You ought to be horsewhipped, taking a boy like Alfred and filling him up with complexes and phobias. Just because he wants to be kind to children, you'll tell him that he has a guilt complex. Having the same delusion you couldn't possibly understand. Didn't you hear me calling to hold the elevator? This couldn't wait. I had to see Mr. Sawyer immediately. Well, thanks. You left me to fight the Christmas shoppers on the stairs. And no matter what you hear, I trip that old lady in self-defense. Either you stop analyzing Alfred, or I'll go straight to Mr. Macy and tell him what a contemptible fraud you are. Don't you wave that cane at me. Get out of here before I have you thrown out. There's only one way to handle a man like you. Maybe this will knock some sense into you. Good. 
day, Mr. Sawyer. Oh, my head. You saw him attack me, Miss Standish. Get the police. Sorry, can't help. My favorite part of this whole story is how it villainizes self-important middle management. Ha-ha, suck it. You can see Mr. Kringle now. Thank you, nurse. Hello, Chris. Hello, Fred. Miss Standish. Ah, the mental health ward, where you can wear a robe and pajamas all day long and no one looks at you like you're crazy. What brings you two here? Chris, I've been speaking to the doctors. They said they gave you some tests and you failed them. You deliberately failed. Why? I deliberately failed chemistry, so I'd have to take it over in summer school with this super hot guy in my class. But right as the semester ended, his family moved to Baltimore. So I had to sit through chemistry again all summer with no AC next to a guy whose body odor kept changing the chemical composition of my assignments. Well, Fred, I was thinking of Mr. Sawyer. He's contemptible, dishonest, deceitful. If that's normal, I don't want it. You just described every manager in corporate America. But you can't just think of yourself, Chris. What happens to you matters to a lot of other people. People like me who believe in what you stand for, and people like, well, like Susie, who are just beginning to believe. Chris, you're letting us down. Okay, if he didn't have a guilt complex before, he does now. Well, Fred... Maybe you're right. Yes, of course you're right. I ought to be ashamed of myself. Now let's get out of here. Now wait a minute. You flunked your mental examination. But good. Oh yes, so I did. And you're a lawyer. You fix it. Hey, look, I can't just... Not a problem. Point me to whoever's in charge. I think I'm still flexible enough to do what got me released from the last time I was committed. It's not that easy. I know. I have to stretch a lot first. No, I mean, there'll have to be a hearing. If Chris is going to be committed, it has to be before a judge. I don't mind an audience. Uh, Miss Standish, I think I'd rather leave things up to Fred. Fine, if you want to do it all legal-like. I'll just go home and take a nap. Aren't you supposed to be watching, Susan? Damn it! Now where did I leave her? You know what I think we need to get you out of this, Chris? Ooh, baby oil would help. If I can't be limber, I could be slippery. I meant for his hearing. So did I. Publicity. Public sentiment. Santa Claus on trial? (laughs) Why, it would be like putting the entire institution of Christmas on trial. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I see what you mean. Imagine the headlines. Is Kris Kringle crazy? Court case coming. Kitties cry calamity. I wouldn't click through on that article, but I'd definitely share it blindly without knowing all the facts. Don't you worry, Chris. We'll save Christmas. Wait, this is a save Christmas story? Then where's my hunky lumberjack to show me my fast-paced city life is empty and shallow? We will return in just a moment with Act 3 of Miracle on 34th Street. What do we do with him? Let's feed him through the pneumatic press that stamps the skee-ball tickets. That sounds horrible. That's the idea. It sounds like some Nazi crap. You won't be feeding me into anything. Yeah, what makes you so sure? This gun in my hand. Where the hell did that come from? Weren't you holding him? I'm holding him. We're both holding him. We are? If you don't want to hold some lead, you can let go. How did you do that? I'm asking the questions now. Who put you up to this? Who got you access to the print press? Why counterfeit skee-ball tickets? Why not print fake money? Ah, every time I gotta explain it. You people just don't have vision. 
This Gun in My Hand. Available wherever you get your podcasts. The curtain rises on the third act of Miracle on 34th Street. A jolly elderly gentleman named Chris Kringle has been working as Macy's Santa Claus thanks, in part, to Madison Standish. Now his sanity has been seriously questioned. Also thanks, in part, to Madison Standish. And now, in a crowded courtroom, Judge Harper listens patiently as the assistant district attorney summons Chris to the witness stand. This is not a trial, Mr. Kringle. It's just a hearing, so you don't have to answer any questions. Now then, where do you live? Well, it seems to me that's what this hearing will decide, won't it? (laughs) All right, quiet in the courtroom. Ooh, judges never like you to crack jokes on the witness stand. That's how I ended up doing seven days behind bars on a ticket for an expired parking meter. Madison, shh. It was a good joke, though. Mr. Kringle, do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Of course I do. That's all, Your Honor. (laughs) The state rests its case. Well, there goes your case. He just admitted guilt. Madison, you promised to let you sit at the defense table that you'd keep quiet. Uh, Mr. Gailey? I'm just saying, you'll never come back from that one. Mr. Gailey? Madison, I could have you removed for contempt of court. Mr. Gailey, I can have you removed with her. (laughs) My apologies, Your Honor. Now then, did you have anything to say on Mr. Kringle's behalf? Yes, Your Honor. I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. (gasps) Mr. Mara, I thought you said this was a cut-and-dried sanity hearing. Well, I... I thought it was, Your Honor. Uh, In in view of Mr. Gailey's statement, I'll have to review the entire background of this case. Courts adjourn till tomorrow morning. You're going to prove he's Santa Claus? Absolutely. Get a bed ready at Bellevue, Chris. Fred's looking to join you. Oh, not to worry. I have a few tricks up my sleeve. Miss Standish, how is Susan taking all of this? Su- Oh, damn it! Okay, Susan, you sit right here next to me. We'll watch from the gallery. Since I'm no longer welcome at the defense table... I don't understand why I couldn't have gone to school today. Because your teacher got mad that I wasn't on time to pick you up. You were three hours late. Well, then, she could have helped you with your homework. Proceed with the witness, Mr. Gailey. Now then, Mr. Macy, if you recognize the defendant, please tell us who he is. Why? Chris Kringle, of course. Do you believe him to be of sound mind? Sound mind? I wish I had a dozen like him. (laughs) Mr. Macy, you are under oath. Do you believe that man is Santa Claus? Well, now that's, uh, rather a delicate, um... Even Mr. Macy doesn't believe Mr. Kringle is really Santa Claus. Oh, he's a captain of industry. He'll say whatever he needs to protect his business. That seems very dishonest. See? You never would have learned that if you'd gone to school today. Well, Mr. Macy, is that man Santa Claus? Yes. In my opinion, he most certainly is. He just lied for his company? Go, capitalism! Your Honor, there is no such person as Santa Claus, and everybody knows it. Can you prove there isn't any? Your Honor, the prosecution requests an immediate ruling from this court. Is there or is there not a Santa Claus? 
Now the judge has to decide if Mr. Kringle is really Santa Claus? No, it's gone existential. He has to decide if Santa Claus even exists. So he's being asked to make a ruling on faith and people's right to believe in things when common sense tells them not to? Truthfully, as an atheist, I'm kind of torn on this one. Well, Your Honor? Well, uh, I mean, now I, uh, <clears throat> the court will take a short recess to consider the question. Fred, Mr. Macy believes in me. He's not the only one, Chris. Susan still has doubts, though. Not to worry. Pretty soon we'll have all of New York City believing. I suppose. Madison, do you think the judge will rule that there is such thing as Santa Claus? I'll tell you this. Judges get elected, so he won't want to be on the ballot as the judge who killed Christmas. People will remember this one case and not look at his lifetime of service on the bench? Oh, Susan, you're just showing how young and immature you are. I am eight. The, uh, um, the question of Santa Claus seems to be uh, largely a matter of opinion. The uh, tradition of American justice demands a broad and unprejudiced view of such a controversial matter. But, Your Honor... This court, therefore, intends to keep an open mind. We shall ask for evidence on either side. But the burden of proof clearly rests with my opponent. Can he produce any evidence to support his views? If Your Honor pleases, I can. Will Thomas Mara please take the stand? Who? Me? No. Thomas Mara, Jr., Papa. Uh, hi, Tommy. Tommy, do you believe in Santa Claus? I sure do. Of course he does. You know, Susan, with training, you could grow up to be an amazing mean girl. Like you? I've always wanted to be a mentor. Now, Tommy, what does Santa Claus look like? There he is, sitting right over there. <laughs> Your Honor, I protest. Overruled. Tell me, Tommy. Why are you so sure there is a Santa Claus? Because my papa told me so. Didn't you, Pop? <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. You can go back to your mother now. See you later, Papa. Your Honor. Don't forget, Santa Claus. This year I want a football helmet. Don't worry, Tommy. You'll get it. Your Honor. The state of New York demands that Mr. Gailey stop presenting personal opinion as evidence. I insist he submit authority to prove that Mr. Kringle here is the one and only Santa Claus. Mr. Gailey, are you prepared to show that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus on the basis of unprejudiced authority? Well, sir, no, not now. I need a little time. Very well. Until tomorrow. Court's adjourned. Oh, dear. Mr. Gailey is losing, isn't he? Yeah. Looks like Santa Claus is not coming to town. He's already in town. He's right there. It was a reference to the, uh, song? I know. Mean Girl! Nice. Come on, Susan, eat your dinner. I really don't consider cereal dinner. Then you'll never survive college. I'm just thinking of Mr. Kringle. He's so kind and nice and jolly. He's not like anyone else I know. Oh, so I'm not kind and nice and whatever else you just said? I, I was only half listening. He must be Santa, and I'll write him a letter. Maybe that'll cheer him up. 
Will you mail it for me? Sure. Postage now is only like, what, three cents? You don't have three cents, do you? Well, it's not like your mom is sending me weekly Venmo payments. What about your checks from Macy's? If I knew how to cash a check, I would. Boomer. Oh, dude, are you the mailman? Who do I look like, lady? Santa Claus? If Santa Claus smoked Marlboros and lived on a strict diet of whiskey. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Wait, wait, wait. I need you to mail this letter. I can't mail this. You ain't got no stamp. You just tape three pennies to the front. Come on, it's a kid's letter to Santa Claus. I'm basically spending three cents to throw this in the trash. Just take it, okay? Fine, lady. Whatever you say. Hey, Vito, what's taking so long? Louie, check this out. Here's a new one for you. Instead of North Pole, this kid's got the letter addressed to Chris Kringle, New York, County Courthouse. Well, the kid's right. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. They got him on trial down there. Hey, I got an idea. Yeah? How many Santa Claus letters you got down there in the dead letter office? Ah, uh, who knows? Must be 50,000. Bags and bags all over the joint. Wouldn't it be nice to get rid of them all? You're brilliant, Vito. I bet we both get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, one more thing. You're from an official government agency or whatever, right? Can you cash a check? And since the defense has been unable to submit one shred of proof that Kris Kringle is the one and only Santa Claus, and since tonight is Christmas Eve, I ask, Your Honor, that this hearing be terminated without further delay. I protest. I do have evidence. What evidence? This letter, Your Honor. It's from Susan Walker. She believes in me. This letter means more to me than anything in the world. He got my letter. And I got my check cashed. Which isn't that impressive, since minimum wage in 1947 is 65 cents an hour. That letter, Your Honor, was delivered by the United States Post Office, an official agency of the federal government. Your Honor, what bearing has it on the sanity of that man? The laws of this country make it a criminal offense to misdirect mail or deliver it to the wrong party. Tell that to the Amazon delivery guys. Your Honor, that letter just received by Mr. Kringle is positive proof that- One letter is hardly positive proof. Yeah, where's the DNA evidence? I have further exhibits, Your Honor, but I, I hesitate to produce them. Come, come, Mr. Gailey. Put them here on my desk. But, Your Honor- I said, put them on my desk. All right, boys, bring them in. Your Honor, what is this? Look at all those sacks of letters. It's what sharing a meme would look like in real life. Empty those mail sacks on Judge Harper's desk. No, no, just just a second here. Your Honor, every one of those letters in every one of those mail sacks is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office delivered them. Therefore, the post office department recognizes Chris Kringle to be the one and only Santa Claus. Since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case dismissed. Mr. Kringle won! Woohoo! Christmas is saved! I don't understand. How can a holiday require saving? Christmas is always on the brink of some threat coming to take it all away. It's like the women's reproductive rights of holidays. Where are you driving us to, Mr. Gailey? 
Oh, well, I got these directions from Mr. Kringle. He said it was a Christmas Day surprise. Madison, what does it say for our next turn? Turn right on Ashley Avenue. But it doesn't say how many feet until the turn. I don't need to know the street name. I need to be told precisely how many feet until the turn, which everyone can easily calculate in their head while driving 40 miles an hour. Stop the car! Oh, stop the car, please! Susie, what is it? What's the matter? There it is! The house! The house! Susie! This demonstrates the importance of childproof locks. She's running into that house. It's got a for sale sign out front. It's either empty, or she just scared the crap out of a family trying to celebrate Christmas. We better find her. Susie! Hey, Susie! Susie? Hello? Anyone home? Sorry our kid went feral and ran into your house. Fred? Doris? Susan's mom? What are you doing here? Ooh, can I get paid? It's Christmas Day, and I've literally been babysitting Susan since Thanksgiving for free. Why are you in this house, Doris? This was my mother's house. She's been sick and passed, so I've been taking care of her estate and preparing to sell the house. Mother, it's our house, the one I asked him for, Mr. Kringle. What is all this? Um, in a nutshell, your daughter believes in Santa Claus now and thinks he gave her this house for Christmas. What? Oh, and she might start swearing like a sailor. But I have no idea where she picked that up from. You were right, Mr. Gailey, you were right. Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. I'm going out back to see if there's a swing. Susan? (gasps) There is one, oh, there is one. Santa Claus? Fred? Now, now, Doris, you don't want to let Susie down, do you? And if you keep the apartment in the city and rent it out, property values are going to skyrocket, and Susan will never have to work a day in her life. How about it, Doris? The three of us together in this house? Well, you are very persuasive. Naturally. I've got to be a pretty good lawyer to take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Oh, Fred. Hey, did you guys notice the cane over by the door? Okay, I'm feeling a bit like a third wheel here. Um, I'll just go make sure Susan doesn't break her neck on that swing out there. <laughs> so, I help save Christmas, but she gets the hunky guy. Susan gets to live in a great house away from the city. And since I was seasonal help at the store and this babysitting gig is over, I'm going to have myself a merry little Christmas on the unemployment line. Some miracle. Ho, ho, ho. This presentation of Miracle on 34th Street was adapted for the anthology series The Lux Radio Theater, airing on December 20th, 1948, a year after the film's release. The radio series was known for bringing the original cast of hit movies to the airways, and this presentation included Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, and in the role of Chris Kringle, Edmund Gwynn, who had earlier in the year taken home both the Academy Award and Golden Globe for his appearance as Santa Claus. The Lux Radio Theater was performed live before a studio audience located in the heart of Hollywood at the CBS Studios at the famous intersection of Hollywood and Vine. A perfect spot to ensure a myriad of Hollywood stars would appear during the Lux Radio Theater's two decades on the air. Merry Holidays! Hey everybody, it's Madison. Thank you so much for listening to our Ho Ho Holiday Special. Guess what? We're running a contest! 
In our November episode of the Damon Runyon Theater, I told you where my first name, Madison, comes from. But can you guess where Standish is from? You've got between now and our third anniversary on February 1st, 2024. Five winners will receive a Madison on the Air coffee mug. Enter with your best guess on my website, madisonontheair.com. All right, hit it and answer, dude. This was a huge and amazing cast that came together for our holiday special. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Brand Peacock appeared as Chris Kringle, and Marnie Warner played Susan Walker. Other actors in the cast were David Pinion as Fred Gailey, Albert Garnica as Mr. Shellhammer, Scott R. McKinley as ADA Mara and photographer number two, Tom O'Connor as Mr. Macy, Paul Arabisi as Mr. Sawyer, Jerry Kokich as Judge Harper, Sharon Gruenwald as mother and photographer number one, Logan Smith as Mortimer and Alfred, Jeremy Sage as Tommy and Louie, James C. Taylor as Mr. Gimble, Antonio Ferreira as Vito, Jess McCoy as Doris Walker and the nurse, and Jonathan Winstead appeared as our announcer and Little Ronnie. So, as much as I love a delightful surprise, it feels much more comfortable having me at the controls. Isn't that right, old girl? Yeah. Jack's already tuckered out from the celebration, so until we see you again next week, please check out all of the amazing Madison on the Air shows through the links at sonicsociety.org. Contact us through sonicsociety at gmail.com or through x at sonicsociety or at David Alt. And I am that David Alt, and take care until next week.